0: Welcome to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature.
1: There is still such a need for us to learn from nature. For us to make sure biological wisdom is accessible to every inventor, every decision maker, every leader, everywhere in the world. The moment of creation, that they can say, how would nature solve this? And find out, it's all alive. It's all connected. It's all intelligent. It's all relatives.
0: We stand at the threshold of a historic opportunity in the human experiment to reimagine how to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other, and future generations. It's a revolution from the heart of nature and the human heart. In this series, The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, we celebrate social and scientific innovators with breakthrough solutions for restoring people and planet, creating a future environment of hope. When naturalist and author Janine Benyaz coined the term biomimicry in 1997, She described this emerging field of design science as innovation inspired by nature. The genius of nature's design, recipes, and principles can serve as the inspiration for designing human civilization. It's a fundamental shift away from viewing nature as physical resource to one of model, mentor, and teacher. The biomimicry revolution is starting to guide industrial design, building, and technology on larger scales. It's spawning a next industrial revolution, provoked by the deceptively simple question, how would nature do it? Biomimicry is also serving as a model for human organization and leadership. After all, we are nature. In this half hour, we hear from two leading biomimicry masters at the forefront of nature-inspired design. This is sharkskin, hippo sweat, and the wood wide web from flat earth to whole earth thinking with author Janine Benyus and inventor Jay Harmon. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature.
1: The scientific literature is replete right now with all kinds of paradigm-shifting ideas about science. And I am shivering every day when I get up.
0: Janine Benyus emerged as the godmother of biomimicry with the publication of her 1997 landmark book, Biomimicry, Innovation Inspired by Nature. Since then, she and her team at the Biomimicry Institute have arguably been the single most important force in catapulting biomimicry from the margins into the mainstream of design science. Janine Benyus spoke at a Bioneers conference.
1: Mutualisms. I had learned as a scientist that orchids and other what are called epiphytes, air plants, that live on top of branches are Commensalists, you know, they just sort of hang out on the branches, or even worse, they're parasites, because they cause the branches to fall down eventually with their weight. They bring a soil, they create a soil, and the branch roots into the soil. The branch actually puts roots into a soil. So it turned from our understanding of it as a possible parasite to a mutualist, positive benefit to both. We're finding that everywhere. Of course, roots, we now know, are not in splendid isolation mycorrhizal fungal helpers around each of the roots. We've known that for a while, but what Suzanne, Samard, and others are bringing to us is the understanding that these fungal helpers are actually in a net under the forest floor connecting trees and shrubs to one another. She calls it the wood wide web.
0: Make no mistake, nature is not all warm and fuzzy. There's plenty of competition and violence. But the very important part of the picture that gets left out is symbiosis or mutual aid. It's actually cooperation that makes the world go round. Beneath the forest floor is a feverish mutualist exchange that puts any stock exchange to shame, a networking fiesta.
1: They're exchanging carbon. Trees in the shade are getting carbon from trees in the other story. They're exchanging nitrogen. They're exchanging water. (laughs) They're exchanging alarm signals to turn on each other's defenses. They give the plant phosphorus, the plant gives them carbon. When we put too much fertilizer, phosphorus fertilizer on our crops, we tell that wide web that we don't need it. So these understandings of how not to interrupt the conversation that's going on out there, are vital. This is a network. We're sitting in one now. We're sitting actually in one that's beautifully, beautifully done. Think about high beaming pioneers, 18 cities, right? All these clusters of people coming to those events, clusters within clusters within clusters, connected to us and connected to each other. These are the characteristics of not just our social networks, But food webs, mutualism webs, gene regulation networks, biological networks have the same shape, the same architecture. No central hub, a few very popular densely connected hubs, and then lots of modular and nested hubs farther out. It's the conscious emulation of this wisdom.
2: Nature has already solved every single problem facing humanity. Some researchers say there are as many as hundred million species on Earth today, and we're only 1% of all the species that have existed. So, a lot of species, and every one of those species has developed and evolved thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of solutions to the problems we need to solve. We can turn this world around through biomimicry, using nature as our model.
0: Jay Harmon is one of the most gifted and influential biomimics. He's the founder of Pax Scientific and author of the book The Shark's Paintbrush, Biomimicry and How Nature is Inspiring Innovation. He has a fascination and reverence for spirals because a spiral in nature always offers the path of least resistance.
2: In the built world, in the world of technology and science, we think that because the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, if we want to use the least energy getting, say, fluids from this point to this point, you need to go in a straight line. makes perfect sense. Unfortunately, that's flat Earth thinking. Because nature, not since the beginning of the universe, has ever demonstrated a single time where it's made anything go in a straight line. (laughs) Even the facet of a diamond on your ring, if you look at it under a Electron micro- well, just under a regular good microscope, you'll see it's not straight. It's actually got curves in it. So, if you think of the human cardiovascular system, we've got 60,000 miles of plumbing, and there's not a single straight line in there, and yet, it's far more efficient than any system that humans have designed for plumbing and pumps. So, just look at seaweeds. You know, I noticed years ago that uh, seaweeds are quite fragile. You can break them off. But even in the wildest storms, almost all of them survive just fine. And I noticed that they're all changing the shape as the force of the wave goes past, and they're going into a spiraling shape. Well, it turns out that spiraling shape is exactly the same shape, geometry, as the whirlpool in the bath when you pull the plug. Now, every living thing goes through a liquid phase in its development, so it takes on the geometry of fluid flow, and all fluids flow in turbulent geometries, and turbulence is a collection of whirlpools. So every living thing, and every part of every living thing, is built to the geometries of whirlpools. And we see it in the horns and tails and trunks of animals. The human heart muscle is exactly that shape. The cochlea of your ear, we hear this way, this is how sound propagates. And heat travels the same way. This is important because we live in a world where heat is everything. Our engines, you know, we don't fly around the world without heat. We don't uh, drive cars without heat. So, um, if you want to optimize anything, we need to know what this is about. So, people throughout history have recognized this shape in nature and seen it as symbolic of creation, of fertility, of the mystery of life.
0: Jay Harmon and his business partner and wife, Francesca Bertoni, have started eight biomimicry companies in the last 20 years. They've applied spiral design to industries as diverse as refrigeration, shipbuilding, computers, windmills, and water purification. The forefront of their work is focused on desalinization, climate adaptation, and mitigating the harms of fracking on water tables. He's showing how it's more profitable to copy nature than to destroy it.
2: 15 years ago, there were really no biomimetic products in the marketplace. But now, there are already more than 200 radically different innovations in the marketplace, like um, plywood. Those who remember Hurricane Katrina, remember the uh, trailers that couldn't be lived in because of the outgassing? Plywood has now been fixed with uh, non-toxic, non-outgassing glue that mimics the glue in mussel seashells as they cling to the rocks lotus sand, self-cleaning paint, because uh, a water lily will sink if it fills up with dirt and water, so the surface of the leaf rolls up water and dirt, and it rolls off. The kale in your vegetable garden does the same thing, as does the uh, wings of moths and butterflies, who would drown if they got wet. Now there are 300,000 buildings in Europe already painted with lotus sand paint. They're self-cleaning. One amazing thing is that if you get a, a teaspoon and paint it with lotus amp paint and put it in a jar of honey, when it comes out, it's completely clean, not a hint of stickiness. And some other folks have um, created a, a paint and a stencil that can be painted on the surface of aircraft so that aircraft become self-cleaning. There are 55,000 big ships in the world. And just 15 of those ships produce enough emissions that it's actually more than the 760 million cars in the world, just from 30 ships, because they're burning the filthiest, nastiest garbage you've ever seen. It looks like liquid bitumen. And with this material put on the bottom of ships, it can save 100 million tons of fuel a year. So sharks, this rough surface on uh, shark skin stops microbial growth or colonization. And without microbes, you can't have algal growth, and you can't have barnacles. So some folks have synthesized that, copied it, and created a plastic film, and they're now putting it in hospital wards, on uh, walls, and in uh, convalescing homes, and on catheters, and it eliminates the need for antiseptics. I could go on and on and on about the things in biomimicry and the things that are already succeeding. They truly work. They're proven. They're making it in the marketplace.
0: When we return, more from Jay Harmon and Janine Benyus on how the biomimicry revolution is transforming business and human organizations. This is Sharkskin, Hippo Sweat, and the Wood Wide Web, from flat earth to whole earth thinking. I'm Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. Explore more Bioneers radio shows and video programming, please visit Bioneers.org. As Jay Harman depicts in his book The Shark's Paintbrush, Biomimicry is entering the mainstream with the promise of large new wealth creation. As such, it faces many new challenges, and old ones like restrictive patents, monopolistic practices, and short-term corporate profit timelines. Nevertheless, there's little question that the biomimetic train has left the station.
2: So we'll just start with a quick example here. There are more skin cancers diagnosed every year in the United States than all other cancers put together. There are over a thousand products marketed as sunblock. It's a $640 million a year business just in the U.S. But most of those sunblocks are actually ineffective, and many of them are toxic. They either cut out UVA or UVB, but they don't do both. And the chemicals that they're in get absorbed through the skin, and a lot of researchers are saying now that a lot of those chemicals are actually more injurious to our health than skin cancer. So what can nature teach us about that? Well, you know, we've got a lot of organisms on Earth that have to put up with sunshine, so here is one of nature's really incredible masters of sunblock. (laughs) Hippo sweat. So it turns out that if you get a drop of hippo sweat, put it on your hand, it'll spread by itself. You don't have to rub it in. It'll turn your skin a slight shade darker, which is kind of nice for us lily whites. <laughs> it's antiparasitic, antifungal, antiseptic, waterproof, cuts out UVA, UVB, completely non-toxic. It's being synthesized right now, and because it's a little hard to harvest, <laughs> And our gal up there probably doesn't want to smell like a hippo's armpit. (laughs) So it's probably going to get some coconut oil added to it. You know, uh, humans have been, well, creatures of nature, we've been around for a very long time, short and universal time, of course. But surrounded by nature, we've copied nature.
0: Copying nature is indeed proving profitable and producing an imaginative diversity of
2: breakthrough products. Spider webs. We know that web is incredibly strong, five times stronger than the best steel we can produce. But, you know, around the world, there's about up to a billion birds that die every year from banging into our windows. They don't bang into spider webs. Why is that? Birds see reflected UV, and spiders have worked that out and they weave reflectors into their webs. So, a product in Germany called Ornolux has replicated that and put UV reflectors into windows, and it reduces bird strikes by 70 percent. So if it's fully implemented, that'll save up to 700 million birds a year. All the world civilizations have been biomimetic, and have used the proportions of nature in art and architecture, pottery and weaving, since the dawn of thought right up till the start of the Industrial Revolution, when technology took us down completely different paths not mentored by nature. Unfortunately, those paths, as we all know, have led to our environmental crisis. But now we're taking a fresh look, and it's aided by advanced tools like electron microscopes, 3D printing. We've got sharing. The internet has opened up this subject so that we can share it with our peers around the world in seconds once we have an insight. An entrepreneurial appetite, there are more graduates today than at any time in history and they're looking for the next new thing. All our young people want opportunity, they want to succeed in life. We're looking for new things and most of us know that there are problems. We're looking for a new direction.
0: As Jay Harmon observes, we're surrounded by nature's technologies, countless new tools and ways to distribute invention itself. Yet many of the world's wicked problems are too huge for any one company to take on. Entire sectors need to transform all at once. But how? Janine Benyus looks to nature to help solve this dilemma as well.
1: What we did immediately when we started biomimicry, we said let's have a consultancy where we're biologists and we go and we help inventors. And then we said, let's teach everyone else to do exactly the same thing. And people were like, you are nuts, why are you doing that? We said, look, there's a lot of work to do. So we started training people a week at a time, now eight months, now a two-year course. And you know what happened? Those people that we've trained went back to their home countries and they started networks, emerged, 30 networks. started with our, our university network, then it just started spreading. You know, biomimicry, Colombia, biomimicry, Texas, ask nature, Japan, and here comes China. (laughs) Biomimicry, China. Fabulous, fabulous stuff going on. So then Bryony Schwan, who runs our uh, institute, decided to conjure a conference this year. And we usually just do it for educators. We said, oh, let's open it up, see who comes. Everybody came everybody came. There were 300 people. And I mean five continents. It was amazing. And the future came.
0: Because invention can be widely decentralized today, it promises an end run around the high-end barriers of big business and high-tech approaches. Janine Benyus and her colleagues knew they had to make biological wisdom accessible to everyone for free. So they started Ask Nature 1.0 at asknature.org. Users type in a function and ask something like, how would nature filter water? The database will provide examples. Then the Biomimicry Institute gave its community a challenge to solve, water purification. 63 teams formed in 19 countries. They went onto the Ask Nature website. One team came up with a $6 food spoilage preventer. Another team asked nature for an ingenious solution to preventing leaks in pipes, a huge drain of wasted water.
1: How? Air bubbles cause leaks in pipes. In some places, 55% of water is lost from leaks in pipes because of this bubble. And they are pulling the air out of water the way fish gills do. These are college kids. And the grand prize, four women engineers from Egypt. Yes! And this is a tough challenge, by the way. It's really an amazing challenge. This is their system for taking really, really degraded water in farmlands and adding air to it and filtering it in the way that a camel works. Amazing.
0: Students are proving to be the power users of Ask Nature 1.0. Now, Benius and the Biomimicry Institute have created asknature.org, nature 2.0 to focus on human organizational challenges and models.
1: How does nature do the things that I care about? So then under organizational change, there's these focus areas. These are the kinds of things that people in organizational change are interested in, resilience and growth and feedback and adapting. And drilling down into each of those are the biological strategies. We're gonna make it so that the biological strategies are there But then there's a design principle that's abstracted out of there, a simple rule. There is still such a need for us to learn from nature, for us to make sure biological wisdom is accessible to every inventor, every decision-maker, every leader, everywhere in the world, the moment of creation, that they can say, how would nature solve this and find out
0: Meanwhile, social entrepreneur Jay Harmon pursues his quest to transform business. In his book, The Shark's Paintbrush, he writes about four key differences between biomimetic business and business as usual.
2: The first one was credibility. You can't go to engineers and tell them this will fix your problem for you. They think you've been smoking the wrong stuff. I was giving a presentation to uh, some of the top engineers at United Technologies, and their chief scientist interrupted me a few minutes into my talk and he said, this is rubbish, you're wasting our time. We've had that credibility issue, I think we've come way past that now. People believe what we tell them. Biomimicry businesses are interdisciplinary. You have to have biologists and MBAs and engineers and physicists talk to each other. That's not traditionally what's happened. And they use different languages a lot of the time. And huge inertia. The problems of the world are already being solved. It's just long-term, they're not, right? So if businesses are already doing it, why should they change? So we've had to show them where the wealth is. Because what's a business about? It's about generating wealth. It comes to the bottom line. So if you can show that you can create more wealth, you've got an audience. And the need for patience. Biomimicry projects take longer than dot-com businesses. The opportunities for the future are absolutely enormous. The Fermanian Institute at Point Loma Nazarene University has predicted that within the next 12 years, there will be a trillion dollars of GDP worldwide from biomimicry. This is no small thing. This is a proper survey done, and they're not alone in that. And there will be 1.6 million US jobs created in the next 12 years. I can't imagine a single product in the world that can't be improved by biomimicry. In my view, and that of many others, nothing less than the overhaul of the entire industrial world is possible, probable, and inevitable. Biomimicry creates wealth, a whole new economy, at the same time as being sustainable. And look, if we're not sustainable, that means one thing, we're terminal right? So, there is no choice.
1: We have to keep going back to our teacher. You know, we're an amazing species. We really, really are. Let's remember that too. Take heart. We are surrounded by genius. We just forget sometimes. We have to make it a daily practice of asking nature for help. They will find us our way home. What shall we do together? Reimagine, innovate in nature's sustainable image, and we'll get home. We have to act as if we will, and we will.
0: When you're lost, you ask for directions from the locals. In our case, that means asking nature how to find our Way Home. Shark Skin, Hippo Sweat, and the Wood Wide Web. From Flat Earth to Whole Earth Thinking. You can see Janine Benyus and Jay Harmon's full presentations or explore more Bioneers radio shows and video programming online at Bioneers.org. For information on attending the National Bioneers Conference and Bioneers events in your area, please visit Bioneers.org or call 1-877-BIONEER. The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Bioneers and Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Ausubel. Written by Kenny Ausubel. Senior producer, Neil Harvey. Managing producer, Stephanie Welch. Distribution is by WFMT Radio Network. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Ryko Disc label. Additional music was made available by Sounds True at SoundsTrue.com. For more music information, please visit radio.bioneers.org. This is program number 0914.